Yeah, I'm just uninterested. And I'm unimpressed. Unsure. Unbothered. Underwhelmed. Unattached. Unafraid. Unknown. Unheard. Untamed. Unscripted. Uncensored. And we're just... Unavailable. unavailable. As fuck. (laughs) (laughs) All right, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Unavailable. I'm Naja Brene. And I'm TT. I don't have a nickname and it always bothers me, but like, it's fine. She says <laughs> that, but then there's TT the Bat B, Poetic Justice, Michael Max. These are names that nobody <laughs> probably calls you. You tried. I, I appreciate you. It's really just my last name. You can just call me Tuggle, honestly. But hey, guys, we are back for another episode. Nija, how have you been? I feel like we haven't talked in like forever. I've been good. I've been really good enjoying the time off, just relaxing, trying to take advantage and be all, you know, good in the head, good in my body and soul. What about you? I've been um, the same kind of, there's been a little bit of chaos, but still like good for the most part. Um, I actually want to give you a therapy update and I want you to give me one as well. Um, (laughs) But um. I was feeling shame because I had a therapy appointment a couple of weeks ago. Okay, so at this point, I'm like three weeks behind because, <laughs> mind you, it's supposed to end like around my birthday, mm-hmm. which is in a couple of weeks. And I'm like three sessions behind because one session I just didn't feel like going to. And then it was just, just so happened that the timing was off. The next session I forgot about, and I thought it was on a Friday and it was on Tuesday. And I was just like, damn, like I am really bad at this um so I've missed a couple of sessions it's put me three weeks behind but therapy has been going I wish I had my notebook with me but I don't therapy has been it's been a lot we're at the point where we've gotten off the car accident and we're talking about personal stuff in my life and that's a whole different ball game like I'm like are we talking about real real stuff right now like we mm-hmm. off the accident like we talk like we digging we digging mm-hmm. digging gotcha but um it's been straight it's been it's been good i just need to pay more attention to when my sessions are because i'll be i'll be missing stuff and they're gonna yeah. start charging me eventually <laughs> but you can try the calendar alerts i have all of it what so how did you miss it i i said it on the wrong day so it, like my last oh, was supposed to be like on tuesday at a certain time and i thought it was on friday so in my calendar i put it on friday and so i'm just like waiting and it was like three days prior to the date that I had checked in. I was like, damn, sis, I am so sorry. Yeah. Damn. I well, that, it's been good. She's been really flexible. And she's like, no, T is fine. Like, let's just go ahead and reschedule and I'll talk to you at this day. And I'm like, okay, thanks, sis, because don't fire me, please. Yeah. She probably gets that shit all the time. Whether it's a legitimate excuse or not, I'm sure people reschedule. There yeah. a lot. And then for it being like video chat, it just makes it a little different. Because if I had to show up physically, I'd probably be more on top of it and just double check and recheck because I'm dropping out to you. But I'm just in my bed clicking join call. And um, yeah, it's a little bit easier to like kind of skip over or miss. So I'm trying to be better at it. That's all. You still have time. As far as my therapy update, we really just be chatting. I've been meaning to ask her like, am I again? Am I doing this right? Because I just feel like I come and just talk to you about recent life and then I leave. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, 
is there any active things supposed to be going on or should we talk about my past? I don't know. It's been like pretty chill though. It's been pretty chill. Have you asked her if she's pregnant yet? <laughs> or like, have y'all talked about her pregnancy? I still, we still have not. Like, she's gonna be in therapy with the baby, and I'm gonna be like, mm, "Hey, like, your mom." I still, <laughs> yes, I still have not. Oh, she has sent me a um a link to this job, work from home job, and I was like, "Oh my god, you gave me like your real number." I cannot use it, but she didn't even tell me not to use it. Oh, y'all are friends, friends. Yeah, I was like, "What the hell is this against the cold?" But you trust me, <laughs> so. <laughs> Because she's putting you into her home, like her personal life. Like I, I think the next challenge is for you to just talk to her about her pregnancy. Like yes. that's my challenge for you. Like okay, hey, I would do I, it. Like I see your belly is growing. Um, are we having a kid? <laughs> yeah, I want to be like happy. Mo- she does have a son, so I'm gonna be like happy Mother's Day. But are you um gonna be a mother again? <laughs> your stomach's growing and i just want to know what's up yeah what's going on that's oh all. yeah that's it but that's my therapy update so now we have to get into those 10 second bits i don't know why i call them 10 seconds because <laughs> they long. really be like a whole two minutes long <laughs> yes 10 second bit like who's gonna be like ah, blah, blah, blah. i'm done no but my 10 second bit i thought about this and it hasn't changed. I'm still mad at Kemp and I'm still mad at people that are touching other people and fraternizing and getting out and really close. Like even when I was in line, um, someone was behind me and I thought I was in the way. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Am I in the way? He was like, no, I'm in line. And I was like, what the fuck are you so close to me? And I like moved to the top of my buggy, but I was just like, oh my God, like <laughs> they're going crazy. Like, stop. Yeah, it really hasn't gotten any better considering he's also, like, DMV is shut down and he's also letting people, like, drive without any type of driver's test. Like, you know, I was talking to my friend about it. They were like, honestly, Tia, we might have to chop y'all off along with Florida. And I was like, you know what? Do what you got to do because we don't belong. Like, we don't deserve to be here anymore. You're doing bad. Um, my 10-second vent isn't about anything that's annoyed me. I've had a pretty solid week. Um. And so it's really an appreciation event. Um, it's been one album that's gotten me through really majority of the week. And it is called It Is What It Is by Thundercat. And I tell you, it's a bop. It's a groove. It's a everything. Um, and it's just really, really groovy and funky. And I love it. And so shout out to Thundercat because he's gotten me through this week. So this week on Unavailable, we're actually changing things up a little bit because we are available for something. And what we're available for this week is motherhood. Moms! Shout out to all the moms, you know? Shout out to all the moms. And so this week we actually have a special guest who is one of my favorite people in this life. Period. One of my favorite, like period, one of my favorite people. And I just admire and love so much how she does motherhood. Everybody, please welcome Miss Alita Edwards. Hello, hello. Thank you. Happy to be here, Alita. Um, I'm just excited, like, that you all would would call on me to talk about my experiences with motherhood. I'm just excited to talk through it with you guys. So let's go. We're excited to have you here. 
And so um, we've curated and crafted some questions to ask Miss Lita. Um, and so that's what we're going to do, how we're going to kind of going to run through the interview and the show. We've kind of divided this into certain questions. Um, half the questions are about motherhood in general. And half the questions, just to tie into our Quarantine and Hill series, will be about motherhood during quarantine, which I feel like is a completely different beast um, <laughs> from motherhood. The first set of questions, like she said, we're doing is going to pertain to strictly motherhood and then we'll bring in the quarantine. So the first question we have for you is, have you been able to maintain Lita the human and Lita the human who is who is a mom without allowing the two identities to compete with one another? I think it's hard, especially in the beginning, to not have them compete, you know, because it's like um, I like to say you go from maidenhood to motherhood. And maidenhood is, is kind of all about you, you know, as it should be. Like you live your life for however many years before you become a mom and you're really your sole concern, you know, and when you become a mother, you put somebody above yourself. And in the beginning, they do compete. And for the most part, the motherhood part wins out. Um, but then you lose a sense of who you are. So I think what I'm learning um, as I go into year three of being a mom is um, that there's nothing wrong with duality and there's nothing wrong with balance. And I can be this ratchet, whiskey drinking, twerking person. And I can also be this amazing mom. Like I can be both. I don't have to sacrifice one for the other. So I think, I think they definitely compete with each other. And I think they always will in some way because it's my own selfish nature and then that unconditional love, sacrificial nature that I have in being a mom. So I think they're naturally gonna always compete. But for me, it's just really been balanced and remembering that um, I was Alita before mm -hmm. and, and when she grows up and she has her own family and she goes on, like, I'm going to be back to being just that, that person by myself as well. Uh, so just understanding that I'm, I'm going to need that balance. That's real. I was, um, me and Nigel were talking about how, like, you kind of noticed that once um, a couple has a child, um, the mother is subjected to being just a mother while yeah. the father can do whatever the father wants to do and it's just like people aren't worried about the dad um with right. the with, with the child or nothing like that but the mom is just like oh no 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 you're a mom like you where's yeah. your daughter like where's your son where's your offspring like why are they not tucked under yeah. your cheek like it becomes your identity arms. it becomes your identity and i've even talked to people uh before about you know just getting messages uh dms or anything when i'm out and they see me having fun it's just like where's gia where's gia where's yeah. your daughter and like i told y'all a lot of times i'll respond and be like i don't know where she is because to me that's a dumb question you know like like why are you waiting until now to bring up like you know she's not with me now so you're asking me where she is like i'm supposed to just pour out of my back pocket Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm just like, I don't know where she is because to me, that's a dumb question for you to ask me. Mm -hmm. You know, as a mother, you should know that I've made sure that my child is secure and she's safe. I'm out doing me right now. Like that, that's where that balance and that comes in. Like right now I'm leader of the human, I'm not leader of the mom. I've made sure that she's good. So now I'm not doing my thing. I'm living life. But, but dads don't really get asked that. I don't think, I mean, oh. correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think dads really get asked that on the same level that moms do. Mm -hmm. Or if the dad is with the baby, it's like, oh my God, daddy of the year. Like, <laughs> yeah. like being praised for the most minimal thing. Like <laughs> taking your daughter to the park. Oh God, wow. You're amazing. Your mom, oh, yeah. like, this is what you should be doing, correct? Yeah. Like, oh, I should be with you. It's like, why? 
why but that duality that balance I um definitely believe and understand like how important that is because Mm -hmm. you don't want to lose your identity to parenthood um yeah or when people just see you as a parent and forget that like you said you had this existence before you had a child and you're going to have it after you had a child and so like it's just I'm still I'm still human I'm still me I still have my own identity like it's exactly. been added on to because I am now a mother but that's not all that I am exactly that's it it'll probably allow you to be an even better mother not allowing the title of being a mom to consume you completely it's kind of like you allowing time for yourself probably allows you to like reset or charge so that you can continue to be the best mom ever. So it's like, let me go out and have this fun because I need a mental break. And then, yeah, I mean, my daughter's still in my mind, but I'm just having a little fun because like it's a full time job. So this is actually helping my motherhood if you really want to take it there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like, the, like you said, it's a reset button. And I think mm-hmm. everybody needs that in life. So it's like if I'm going to be the best mom possible, I'm going to need some type of time for myself, whether that's just taking a nap or, you know, a spa day or going out with my friends. I mean, it's, it's all about recharging so that I can come back and be the best me for her. I love it. I love it. Moms, I feel like parents have to be so selfless and that's why I'm not a parent because I'm so first. <laughs> like, I ain't there. I ain't there yet. <laughs> all right. So question number two. Um, What has motherhood taught you about your own mother? Wow. So as a teen, I wouldn't say I was wild, but like I gave her hell. So, I mean, moody, just attitudes. We would get into all these arguments. Um, Being a mother now has, one, taught me how much my mom actually loved me like I think I think we know how much our parents love us we know that they love us right Mm -hmm. um but when you have a child or when I had Gia and I looked at her and I was like there is nothing in this world that will ever top this like you are the best thing that has ever happened to me and then I kind of thought about it more and I was like damn that's how my mama think about me like (laughs) the way I feel about her is the way my mom feels about me and it kind of just blew my mind that the love and the emotion I was feeling at that time was exactly how my mom feels about me I was like damn she loved me like she really loves me and so it kind of you know going from that thought it it made me a little sad the way that I had treated her especially in those teen years you know like having somebody love me that much and I was rebellious or you know I always want to start arguments um very selfish so if anything it, it allows me to look back on those times and say you know what? I, I should have done more I should have you know been nicer to her but at the same time I think those are kind of just growing pains so now in my 30s I, I try to give my mom more grace and I try to give my mom, um, just be more sympathetic mm-hmm. to my mom. And, and I think we have a much better relationship now because one, I know how much she loves me is just as much as I love Gia. Um, and two, I know what she's gone through as far as all those trials and tribulations through motherhood. And it's something that I completely respect. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's made our relationship better, me becoming a mom and, and recognizing the role she played throughout my life. Yeah. I feel that I um definitely understand the whole like 
being horrible during your teenage years because I think we all were like pretty like we just teenagers are so selfish and they don't care about anything even like my little sister right now is 16 and she's growing but like I when I see her through our teenage years I'm just like wow like I was the exact same way like just selfish didn't want to be bothered didn't care about nothing like was all about self and so for even our parents, more specifically our mothers, to even deal with us at that state, to like know it's coming and to know like we're finna give them hell and to still love us anyway and care about us even when we just say like <laughs> F it, like we don't care about nothing. Like how selfless is that? Like Man, to love you through those teen years, like that, that's gonna be the challenge. I'm gonna be like, whoo, all right, you trying me, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. real, that's real. I couldn't, I don't want to raise teenagers. I will do, oh. I, I don't know. I'll pick up at like 21. <laughs> I will do toddler, take a break, and then come back into the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Are you stopping at toddler and you want to come back in the 20s? Like that's, you missed the whole part. The whole thing. So moving on to question three. What was important for you not to bring into your practice of motherhood? Uh, I I think a lot of, and I think it's, it's really um, prevalent in, in Black communities, but just that kind of old school style of parenting, which has so many, it's, it's so layered, but one of the main things that I chose not to bring in was um, my mom never allowed us to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Like we, that, that was seen as disrespectful. And not just my mom, like aunts, grandma too, like, not allowed to ask questions because that's seen as a form of disrespect. So I think as children who have never been here, they're going to be naturally inquisitive. You know, and for you, it seems very common sense. Why do I put my seatbelt on? You put your seatbelt on to be safe. But for a child who's like, why are we doing this? Yeah, they don't know. So what I try to do is um, allow her to ask questions. Like as long as questions aren't coming off as disrespectful and you just are looking for knowledge, I allow her to ask those questions. Um, another practice I didn't want to bring into was, um, was gender roles, like very strict traditional gender roles. I wanted her to be able to, um, she loves cars. Like she just loves cars, like, um, trucks and excavators and just every weird, like she's just into cars and she loves them so much. She's into kind of like this toddler form of anime. I'm like, Hey, you, you watch anime if it makes you happy. Like she's, she, has these kind of very girly tendencies and then she has other things that aren't traditionally girly and it's like I want you to explore all the things all the facets of you and things that you like without putting a label on it and making you think you shouldn't like these things because you are a girl um I I don't want it to be I don't want gender roles to limit her I don't want gender roles to make her feel like she's confined to this box and I can only like these things I can only like pink princesses with unicorns and rainbows. I want her to like anything that she likes. So I think um, getting away from gender roles is, is definitely big for us. Um, just allowing her to be her and express herself. Um, I just wanted to make sure that she's the, holistically, she is the best person that she can be from all levels and all facets. And as much as our parents, they did what they could with what they had, I think a lot of um, toxic parenting happened for kids born in the 80s, 90s. Um, 
and it was just because the old traditions are always the thinking and I, I really want to break free of a lot of those things and I want to give her the best chance to be the best human that she can be. I really like how you said the whole um, not bringing in the ask questions, question things because that trait allows the kind of like toxic part of that to continue because no one's asking why we're doing it. So our children aren't asking why it's happening to them. And then we aren't asking why we're doing it to our children because we never asked why it was done to us. And then things go on in classrooms. You're, you're confused, but you don't want to ask the question. But when the one person does everyone of that answer, or I hate to say it, but sometimes even like with sexual abuse, it happens and you don't ask the question. So like not asking it just does a lot of damage. And then it just kind of like has a snowball effect into our lives. So that is amazing. That's a really big thing. I think everyone should consider like, I mean, we ask questions to learn. So if you just banish it all together. Right. <laughs> right. Dang. And it's, it's funny because you should see my mom when she comes over and uh, Gio asks a question about something she doesn't understand. And my mom is just like, you, you, because I said so. And I'm like, mama, you know, no, it's my house. Uh, yeah. I, I know I'm not as grown as you, but I'm kind of grown. Uh, in this house, we answer questions. If she's asking a question, we don't have a problem, you know, answering it because she genuinely wants to know, you know. So, um, you know, my mom, you know, she'll make a little face like, mm, you think you've grown, whatever, do, do what you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, she calls it like the, the new school parenting, but um, I don't know. I, I think. I think parenting in general is trial and error. Like, I think you're really just trying something out and seeing how they'll grow up um, Mm -hmm. and praying and hoping that you did it right. So, you know, um, my mom was amazing, but I noticed things that I wanted to do different and the questions thing was really big for me. So, hell, I'm just trying it out with Gia. We'll see if 20 years it worked, but um, that's kind of what we're doing now. That's real. I will say this was the question that I was most like anxious for you to answer. I was like, I can't wait to get to this question. Like, cause I really wanted to know. And you know how Nigel just said, preventing children from asking questions will definitely like overflow into every other area of their life when it comes to school, when it comes to work, when it comes to personal relationships outside of families, just like, well, I've already been told to be quiet and to just accept things for what they are. So let me just do that in every other aspect of my world. Um, and which is which can be dangerous. Definitely has a potential to be dangerous and limiting and confining. And that's not how we want, you know, we, that's not how we want ourselves to live as humans. And I, I would imagine that how we want like anybody else to like live in this like confined state. Um, I also want to touch on you talking about generals because I think that's so important. Um, because for me, um, growing up, so for a long time, just me and my older sister, she's a year older than me, and mm-hmm. her name is Taylor. And Taylor, I don't even say she liked pink, but she was like a little girl. Like she ha- wanted a dollhouse, and you know, she liked the color pink. And even my younger sisters, like they want to play kitchen and all sort of stuff. And me, when I was a kid, I was like, I want to go outside. Like, I want a telescope. I don't want a Barbie doll dream house. Like, no, I want the science kit. Like, I want all these things. I want to take things apart and put them back together. And I realized the difference at a young age. And it made me have questions about myself. Like, well, Tia, is this normal? Is this okay? Like, is this what this should be? I don't, I'm I'm not like the other little girls, but like, am I weird? Am I like out of the ordinary? Is something wrong with me? 
it wasn't until I got older that I just was able to understand that I just like different things and that it was okay for me to like different things. Mm-hmm. And it really didn't even have anything to do with sexuality. Cause I think people try to like put play that on sexuality. Oh, like, well, Tia, you're gay. So this was just these signs. I'm just like, no, I just didn't want to be in the kitchen <laughs> cooking. Like I didn't <laughs> like pink and I didn't like Barbie dolls. Like I don't have to be gay to not like Barbie dolls. Like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and so I, I love that you're so intentional about that with Gia. Um, you and Monte both. Let's let's shout him out as well. Thank you. <laughs> no, but you all are so are both so intentional about it so that she knows that her capacity is so much greater than what people try to limit it to be, and that she knows that even when people try to limit her, that she can be like, No, like I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not to this standard. I'm so mm-hmm. much more and I can be so much more. So I love that. I definitely appreciate. I appreciate the way you do motherhood, man. Just in general. Thank you. Like, I, I think it's. I think it's important. Like, as as girls, especially girls. Um, I really wanted a girl. I mean, you know, everybody's like, oh, whatever God blesses me with, you know, and that's cool. <laughs> um, I really wanted a girl. Like, I wanted the opportunity to kind of correct moments and times in my life where I didn't do what I wish I would have done like if I had the strength or the courage or the self-esteem to do and I wanted to kind of instill all of that in her and I I just in my mind I was like we're gonna make this alpha super feminist person and they're gonna go and conquer the world and it's like in doing that I think that a lot of even if you look at careers um in science, like you mentioned science and science and in math and a lot of these engineering fields, there are very little women in it. And, and I think that comes from over time as they grow, hearing, you know, well, girls do more of this style of thing and boys do more of this. And if you want to not be seen as different, which as a child is probably one of the worst things to be seen as different from everybody else, you kind of conform and you follow that path. And I just want for her to understand that there is no limit. There are no sides. Um, if you're into science, be into science. If you're into, you know, cooking and you want to cook, do that. Like if you, whatever path you want to follow, I don't want you to think that you can't do this or you're going to be weird if you do this because it's seen as something that boys do. So, um, and that even extends to if we decide to have another child and we have a boy, I want him to understand, like, you need to be in the kitchen cooking too. Because people got to eat. Like, cooking is not for women only. Like, all people, like, niggas eat across the board. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you eat to survive. So it's like, it just doesn't go, you know, um, for Gia. Like, it goes for any other child that I have. Like, I want you to understand that nothing's too feminine for you to do if you're a boy. Nothing is, is too masculine to do if you're a girl. Like, just live your life and do what makes you happy. Like, I think too often people are, um, we allow ourselves to be put in boxes or we, we feel like we have to put other people in boxes just to make it make sense in our mind. And we limit ourselves, we limit others too often. And I just don't want that to be something that Gia can look back at and say, she learned in my house. I don't want you, if you learn that, <clears throat> out there in the world and that's on you but I don't want you to say you learned it in my house mm-hmm. well, that's important especially yeah. like that whole thing with masculinity and femininity I feel like people be like women have to be feminine and men have to be masculine but I really believe that there's a balance of both within everybody 
And yeah. it's not just like men aren't just all masculine. They are feminine too. And that's completely fine. That doesn't mean anything's wrong. And so same thing with women. Like we all have a pinch of whatever in us. Our balance is different. We might be 80, 20, or we might be 30, 70 or anything else. But like, we all have that balance. So the fact that you said, like, you can learn whatever you can learn whatever in this world out in that world, but in this house, like yeah. you can't say that you got that from here. You can't say that you got me that in my house. Yeah. <laughs> Great, great, great. I want to ask that question. And then I want to ask you another question because I realized that we have not talked about Gia at all and like who she is as a little person. And I definitely want to give listeners some type of context about who Gia is. And so I'm going to ask this question and then we're going to jump into Gia because I think like, like I, I'm a fan, you know, I stand Gia. (laughs) And just like paraded around the night because I love her. Haven't even met her yet, but she's one of my favorite little humans. <laughs> like, but um, into this last question about motherhood, um, tell us a moment or tell us about a moment where you doubted or questioned yourself as a mother, and how did you navigate through these moments? Um, I think the biggest example, I think it will always be the biggest example, um, is I I had Gia two months early. So she was supposed to, um, I was due September, 2017, and I had her in July, 2017. So, um, I doubted myself. I remember, um, I remember the morning, like I woke up and I didn't feel her kicking and she was always one of those who kicked from this hour to this hour. And you kind of start recognizing that when it happens often and she wasn't really kicking. And, um, I called a couple people um, and, and a lot of people kind of just were like, Alita, you're doing too much. Like you're overreacting. It's not a deep, like maybe she's tired. You know, um, we had just come back. We lived in Louisiana. So we just drove back uh, from Georgia because I had the baby shower. So people were like, well, maybe you're tired. Maybe she's tired. It's okay. And so I kind of doubted myself. So I wouldn't necessarily say it was me doubting myself as a mother, but maybe it was. Um, but I was just doubting, like, okay, maybe I'm being over the top. Maybe I'm being a little dramatic. I just need to chill. Um, long story less long, I decided to uh, bet on me and say, you know yourself. You know how you're feeling. You know your body. Nobody else is in this body. Um, you need to go to the hospital. Um, they found out that I had a placental abruption. And they said if I hadn't gone to the hospital, me and her would have died. It was kind of one of those things that like a turning point that made me realize you trust your gut, you know, regardless of what anybody else uh, tells you, whatever their perception is, they're looking outside in, you know, you know who you are inside, you know what you're feeling inside, you need to trust yourself. And um, so I'm just thankful that I listened to myself. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful that I went to the hospital when I did. And it was just kind of one of those things that, you know, I look back now, I I look at myself, I look at her and it it makes me really thankful because I'm like, I could have not been here. You know, she could have not been here. And then I even think on to Monte and just what his life would have looked like if he had lost both of us because of me not listening to myself or doubting myself as a person or doubting myself as a mother. So it really just kind of showed me like, bet on you all the time like if you feel something really deeply in your gut like go with it don't don't allow outside influences to make you think that what you're thinking or what you're feeling or the course of action that you want to take is is not what you should do 
Thank you for sharing that. Thank you yeah, for sharing. It's very like transparent and vulnerable, and I appreciate that a lot. Mm-hmm. No problem. No problem. It's yeah. kind of a story I try to tell to all like new first time moms because sometimes first time moms get a lot of unsolicited advice, and we're just like, "Nigga, I don't care what you care, like what you think about, you know, what this topic is. I'm gonna do motherhood my way." But sometimes new mothers, first time mothers, ask you for advice, and that's the advice I give because everybody parents different. But the one thing that is consistent is that you should listen to yourself. Like whatever you feel, if you feel like you should go to the doctor, go to the doctor. If you feel like something's wrong, go get it checked out. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of something I like to share. um, And I like to be transparent about that because a lot of times people think that we all live in these vacuums and they feel like they go through situations alone. And I just want to let people know that they are not alone. And um, we all have moments where we doubt ourselves, but, just trust you like you know what the right thing is to do like don't ask other people for their opinions like do what you know is right yeah your story Mm -hmm. could save lives of others who are like oh just maybe so I know my mom I don't know why but recently when I was home for my birthday I was asking her about the differences between being pregnant with me and being like pregnant with my brother and Mm -hmm. she was like um with you, it was so much back and forth to the hospital. Like it was so many times where it was like, oh no, just kidding, up oh, no. And then she was like, with your brother, he was in Hawaii, so the hospital was a little further. So she said she was she was feeling pain, and well, she was having contractions, but she thought they were Braxton Hicks until a little pain came behind him. And she said, my dad was like, all right, we ain't even doing this back and forth. And she was like, yes, the hell we are. If I'm in pain, <laughs> yes we are. So when they got to the hospital, they um. We're saying the doctor actually did tell her like if you want to come in come in but she said when she got there since the hospital was so far they just decided to like stay and then mm-hmm. like she was dilated and then the contraction started and it was like boom it was time to have the baby so you know she was saying all day she was kind of like oh and then she was like yeah i want to go he was like you sure she was like yeah i mean why not and it's like dang if she wouldn't have went she probably would have been having him in that apartment mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Pregnancy, I can definitely say, like, has the potential to be different because even my mom, so I'm one of nine. My mom has had five kids. And with each of us, there's like a story about something that she had to do or her just listening to herself and listening to her own body. Like, I think with me, I think she tripped down the steps and they told her that, like, it was a done deal for me. Like, just be prepared to, like, lose this baby. And so she was like, no, like, I will lay in this bed. For the rest of my pregnancy because I'm having this child with um my youngest sister my mom had her her name is Angelina my mom had her and they told her that Angie was probably going to survive maybe 48 hours at the most and um she was like no like that's not going to happen like we're going to pray we're going to do what we can do to like protect this baby and Angie turned nine like two months ago and so it's just like little stuff like that like knowing your body and paying attention to it I feel like motherhood requires a different level of self-awareness and you're responsible for a whole nother being that is at that time inside of you Mm -hmm. um just like okay even though you may you might have ignored the pain when it was just you like I can't ignore that pain when it's me and somebody else I'm responsible for this other human being and then when they're outside of you like that carries on like I can't ignore this or I can't ignore this environmental um scare or threat or anything like that because this is no longer just affecting me this has a potential to affect me and and my child so motherhood is just like I don't know man like mothers are like superheroes (laughs) like superheroes 
if we didn't call it motherhood, like if I don't know if babies came another way, then there would be like a superhero and her power would be the like a baby would grow inside of her and then she would give life and we would just be like, oh yeah, it's a cool superhero, but like that shit is real. It <laughs> <That> really happens. <laughs> right, right, right. Superheroes are real. Right. Like this human can create other humans. That's magnificent. How does it happen? Like, no, this is a mom. Like, right. <laughs> this is a mom. Like, what do you mean? I can't imagine, like, if I think back or if we think back, like the first pregnant woman, like, I'm pretty sure men was like, what the hell is going on with her? Like, why is she growing this way? What is this thing coming out of her body? Like, what's up? Like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. It looks like us, but it's tiny as hell what the hell is yeah, it <laughs> to think about just the power that women have like i mean it, it sounds very mundane it sounds very everyday to be like oh women give birth you know because that's just what we know to be fact but life does not start it does not continue without a woman without a, a child coming from a woman and when you think about it like that that the future of just the world is dependent on individual women giving birth, that's power. Like, mm-hmm. super yeah. women out here. Right. Like, we're responsible for basically populating this earth. Like, yes. Us. yes. Like, you can have contributions from men, but men can't carry children. Like, they can. So, thank you for your sperm, but like, I have to do this work. Like, it's it's on me to do everything else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Absolutely. Women, Absolutely. A different type of power. Um, so I do want you to tell us a little bit about Logia, one of my favorite little people in this world. Um, so you can just give us like a little summary, a little spill, because I love her. If she had an Instagram page, I would follow it. Yeah, I know. I just, uh, I, I should probably do that. But uh, I can barely maintain my own Instagram page. But um, I remember in, in my mind when I was building this super a feminist child that would come from my loins. <laughs> I was like, I want her to be independent. And I didn't think at the time, God granted my wish, but I didn't think at the time that she would have to be an independent toddler first. Like, I just thought she was going to be some independent, you know, 16-year-old warding off peer pressure. But <laughs> she's two. And she's very much like, I like what I like. I know what I know. You're not going to tell me any different. Um, it's frustrating but I if I could if I could describe Gia in just a nutshell it would just be independent um she marches to the beat of her own drum if she thinks something is funny if she thinks something is wrong like she will say it and and I love that about her she's very I can do it on my own um don't don't help me put on my shoes I got it Left foot will be on right foot and right will be on left, but she's like, <laughs> I'm good. So I, I, I love her independent nature. I love how just caring and compassionate she is. Like she's a cancer. I'm very much into uh, signs and she's a true cancer. She feels all her feels, like the whole gamut of emotions, she feels them all at the same time. Um, but in that, it makes her very compassionate. It makes her very um, in tune with other people and their emotions. If someone is sad, if someone is happy, and I think that's um, that's a very important social skill to have to be able to be empathetic to others and just to be a good human being. So um, 
you know, if I was two, I would be her friend too. You know, like, I think she's awesome. So, you know, if she was in her thirties, I think we would be friends. Like she's one of those people that outside of the mother daughter relationship we have, I think I could really be her friend. Like, I think she's a dope human being. Like she's just, she is the coolest person. Um, I've done so much in my life and gone so many places and met so many people. Um, and I constantly say, she's the only thing in my life I know I don't deserve. I deserved um, all the degrees, all the accolades, all the, the awards and things that, that have come my way. I work for those things. I deserve those things. Um, but her being as amazing as she is, I never thought that I deserved something like that. Like, it's just way far above and beyond anything that I thought God could have given me. So um, I'm just thankful for her. She's dope. She is dope. I'm crying. Seriously, <laughs> like, I love y'all. That's my little person. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so now we're going to kind of um, venture into um, our questions about quarantine motherhood. Um, and how you're navigating through that, how that's affecting you being just on everything. <laughs> um, and so, Nigel, if you want to kick off actually the first question first. Yes. So the first question is, it's a compilation of questions, but they all go together. It's when you first heard that school was closing and the kids would be home for the remainder of the school year. What was your initial reaction? How did you prepare yourself for the reality of being quarantined and being quarantined with the toddler? I mean, I think it was um, like, you know, those those old school cartoons where the person's whole jaw hits the floor. <laughs> 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of one of those. Uh, when I heard they were just out for the rest of the year, like I thought, like like many people, I didn't know how long this was gonna, you know, go on. Regardless of Kemp or not, it's still very much going on in Georgia, and um, a lot of us are still sheltering in place, and schools aren't open. So, hearing that, I was just like, I cannot believe that. Like, it's gonna be me and her, like at home every day. Like, my job is still. My job is still going. I'm working from home, but I have to work from home with her. Mm -hmm. um, in the first couple of weeks, it was extremely hard because just trying to find that balance. Um, my job is very demanding and she's very demanding as well. Um, so over the first couple of weeks, it was hard for us to figure that out. There were, there were some days where I would have to just be completely devoted to work and I didn't have time to spend with her. There would be other days where I was just like, fuck these meetings and it's me and you dancing to Frozen all day. <laughs> so um, now we kind of have a system in place. Like I don't even know what week of quarantine this is, but um, we have a system in place and it's kind of like I'll, I'll get up in enough time to send off some emails, have certain meetings, and then I block off my calendar for a time that I can spend with her. Um, I coordinate naps around meetings. I coordinate lunch around meetings. So mm -hmm. I try to do all of those things so that um, she gets what she needs because she didn't, none of us asked for this, but especially for a two-year-old who can't grasp the concept of a, a global pandemic, um, they don't understand why you're at home, um, but they know that if you are at home, they don't want you on your computer. They want you spending time with them. So um, it's just finding the perfect balancing act for us so that she gets what she needs and I'm also able to 
produce and meet deadlines and do everything I need to do to, to keep this job. Mm-hmm. Are you and Monte's schedules kind of like the same or do they kind of like clash a little bit or like they complement one another a lot? No, so um, he's a nurse, actually. So he he's a essential worker, and he goes to work every day. So, um, so cool. he's gone. He's gone from eight to five every day. Um, so you know, b- before it would have been a lot easier because he would have been there, and we both could have, you know, helped out. But um, with it just being me there during the day, he definitely does an amazing job uh, with picking up when he gets home. But um, that whole eight to five is just me and her. So it's been a whole lot of creativity, us walking through the neighborhood or going to the park mm-hmm. in between meetings, or maybe I'm on my phone for the meeting and I'm pushing her on a swing, like whatever it is, I'm trying my best to balance both worlds. Mm-hmm. Whatever you like realize it's kind of been like her favorite activity for y'all to do. Like if you don't do it during the day, then she's just like, I don't even know what today was. I don't know what it is, the magical power of Frozen, but it is, <laughs> there's some type of mind controlling. Yes. I just feel like they do that with kids because they all be addicted hard. That's oh why. my God. It's, it's really hardcore. Like I think it's how I was with Lion King and she's just like, I want to watch Frozen. So um, that's what we do like all day. And she's like, can you replay the song? Can you replay the song? So we do um, we do uh, little talent shows and she'll sing Let It Go. Then I'll sing it. We jump on bed singing Let It Go. We run around the house singing Let It Go. Like, <laughs> ask me the lyrics. I know them front <laughs> to back. So that's kind of been her thing um, that that we just have to do throughout the day. Like, that's that's our time. So um, it's to the point now that she calls me Elsa and I call her Anna. And that's <laughs> how we go about the day. Um, so cute. But yeah, that's, that's, that's our little thing for now. Am I tired of it? A hundred percent. But <laughs> do I continue to do it because it keeps a smile on her face? Yes. So. That's funny. That's so funny. Like kids really do love Frozen. They're like, they're addicted to it. Like, I don't even like, they're not even on Frozen 2 yet. Like there's like Frozen 2 has come out and they're still like, number one, like, let it yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. We are not messing with Frozen 2. Like we got the original and that's it. Like she don't want nothing else. Dang, no parts. No parts. Okay. So talk a little bit about like what makes Gia happy. Like what has kind of like contributed to her like um, routine and what she needs. And so a follow-up question would be for your sake, you know, what activities have you implemented in your own routine uh, for your sanity, your mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health? In, in therapy, we were talking about, um, you know, classifying wins for the day. And a lot of times you think if I don't have a big chunk of time to spend dedicated to myself, it wasn't necessarily a win. So she's trying to talk me through that so that I appreciate every little moment. So even if I get five minutes to myself, like I consider that a win, like I was able to get some me time in. So from an hour to just five minutes, like appreciating those small wins and the time you get to spend for yourself. So in that time, um, I've been reading a lot more. I'm reading um, Hood Feminism right now, which has been really good so far. Like, I think, you know, not to get too off topic, but like when you talk about feminism, at least with a couple of my friends, um, and I understand it, but they see it as that's, that's for white women. 
you know? And it's like the way mainstream society is kind of positioned feminism. Yeah, it is for white women, but there's this whole kind of underworld of just hood feminism, black feminism. And uh, the book kind of explores that and what it looks like. And uh, I've really just enjoyed reading and learning more outside of that. I try to, um, I try to meditate in the mornings. Like if I wake up early enough, I'll, I kind of think about setting my intentions for the day. And I kind of already know how I'm feeling. Like with this quarantine, it's been very hard for me to remain positive because this world looks like nothing we've been in before. Mm -hmm. And so, um, being intentional about what I think I need throughout the day. So I'll find guided meditations on happiness or positive thinking, um, um, blocking negativity, things like that. And it, it kind of helps me um, start my day. And it's something that I can keep in the back of my mind, even when I feel myself going down throughout the day, like, hey, no, remember those affirmations that we discussed earlier today. So between reading, between meditating, um, I started jogging in the morning. So, you know, when Monte wakes up, um, I'll put on my clothes, go outside, and I'll run like a mile around the neighborhood um, just kind of to clear my head, to get fresh air. So I think it's just the small moments that that you can have to yourself to feel normal again or feel like it's just about me. Um, and also a lot of retail therapy. Amazon has gotten a lot of my money <laughs> in quarantine. We have packages coming to the house daily. Um, so just, just, just little things that I've found to help me through this. Yeah, that's important. I know like that jogging, like it really does clear your mind or just trying to like do things to kind of make you feel as normal as possible. Even when you know the world is like a shit show right now and everything is not normal at all. Having a routine of just certain, certain practices that you can put in place that remind you like, I am okay. Like I'm not okay, but like, I'm going to be okay. Yeah, like, Cause yeah, I could, yeah. what can we control? It's kind of like, I can't go out and be like, cure for corona but i can control my sanity like that i'm okay and that like with everything like time makes things better this is going to take a lot of time so like what can i do in that time to be a better person like we gotta focus on what we can control because i think it's the control thing i think that's important like um in a time where you realize you don't have control at all you don't have the freedom to say oh i want to go you know, to brunch with my friends, or I want to go out to, you know, the movies or this restaurant. Like when you realize all the places that you don't have control, you kind of hold on to what you can control. And if that's running around the neighborhood, if that's taking some time to read a book or to meditate um, or any type of exercise, like that's what I'm going to do to mm -hmm. make myself feel as normal as possible, you know? Yeah. That's real. I love that you're reading. I love the book that you're reading. I like want to go pick it up now. Like, go to sounds like a really good read. We should read it together. So I had it on um audio book, and because she she um recorded the book, so I like you know hearing her voice and everything because um, she has an amazing voice. But I found myself just wanting to highlight everything that she was saying. So I was like, okay, I can listen to her, but I also need like to be able to physically highlight this yeah. so I can double back. Um, so I'm kind of listening and reading, although that sounds counterproductive, but I'm doing both because there are so many gems. And if you pick it up, I, I would love to discuss it with you. 
For sure. Right now I'm reading um, All About Love by Bell Hooks. Yes. Oh my God. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. Like it's, I've been reading a chapter a month and not because that's on purpose, but that's all I can consume. (laughs) Yes. You have to let, you have to let Bell Hooks words like just permeate and just, yeah, no, it takes time. It takes time. All righty. I think we're on our last question. Um, Naj, you want to run this off real quick? Okay, so last but not least, what has been quarantine highlighted about the way you practice motherhood that you didn't notice before? And have you understood anything new about yourself or new about Gia? Um, I think uh, in, this, in this quarantine time, we're spending way more time together than we have in a very long time. Um, because with my job, like being so demanding, um, I really only had time. I, I saw her for maybe 15, 20 minutes in the morning before I went to work. And then when I got home, it was more like the dinner, bath, bed routine. So we weren't really spending time together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember kind of venting to my boss about just how, you know, this whole motherhood and working thing is hard. Like when you want to pursue a career and it's a career that you love, um, but at the same time, you don't want to miss out on moments of, you know, your little human growing, uh, how do you find that balance? And, um, and then coronavirus hit. <laughs> and now <laughs> I'm at home. So it's, I'm complaining to my boss about this in like January, February, and then now March through May through the foreseeable future. Like we spend it all the time together. Yeah. So um, I think it's me being able to, shift and adjust my mindset instead of saying I'm stuck in the house I'm stuck in the house I can't go anywhere to look at it as I I have an opportunity to spend more time with my daughter so um I think it's as far as my practice of motherhood is made me more appreciative of the time we have together and trying to find creative things for us to do um together that we can look forward to. Like Michelle Obama does a Monday read along with PBS Kids. She does it on Facebook Live. So every Monday we're like, Michelle is gonna read to us. Michelle is gonna read to us. We get really excited on Mondays and we sit in front of the TV and I you know, cast it on uh, the TV, we watch it on Facebook Live and Michelle's reading the book and we're looking at each other like, oh my God, did you just see what she said? And she's just like, I love Michelle. I want to meet Michelle. I was like, you got to get in line because <laughs> we all do. There's <laughs> many other people out here trying to meet Michelle too. Um, so like we just find little things to do together that um, we're excited about, that we can look forward to. Um, we make smoothies together in the morning, which she really loves. And um, like I said, walking around the neighborhood, uh, having little talent shows. So it's it's kind of just the practice of motherhood and how it's changed during quarantine has been just more creative ways for us to spend time together. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that she is um, just more like, I want to be around you. Like when I'm around you, we're doing fun stuff. So I want to be around you all the time. Mm-hmm. So um, it's been really great for our bonding because we're we're spending more time together and it's more time with mutual interest. I mean, I'm not very interested in things that she's doing, but I'm interested in um, her reactions to them. 
and and the joy that she gets from it and the learning that comes from it. So um, that's what I appreciate and love about it. And it's just kind of strengthened our bond. That's my little, that's my little human. That's my little mini. And um, little baby. It, quarantine is hard, but I have been enjoying this time with her. Yeah, I can imagine. That's beautiful. Like that y'all even have that, like that time to be able to spend together and how it can at first like started as something like just like, I don't know what to do with this time yeah. or I'm not really sure how to navigate this or like, what the hell do I do? And so now, now it's like leveling it out for you. That's kind of how it sounds where there's like, there is a routine and it is peaceful and there is more control in that situation. And it kind of makes you like, want to ask you like, when we're not quarantined anymore, like, do you think you're going to miss this time? You, how do you think, like, you think you and Gia are like, it's going to like separation anxiety. I think, I think I'm going to feel it way more than her. Like, she's just like, on to the next thing, you know, I'm a, we, we have this um, little affirmation that we say, and it's, um, I'm a strong black woman. I can do anything. And so she kind of just lives her life like that. She's like, okay, well, mommy's not here. It's other things. I'm a strong black woman. I can do anything. And I'm just, <laughs> but mommy said <laughs> mommy yeah. wants to so I think it'll be more of an adjustment for me um she's still gonna be living her little life like she's just she's unbothered like just yeah. really? I feel like she's gonna miss you some like, I feel like you do this and then she'll be like or you'll have to remind her about work or something and she'll be like well you, you weren't worried about it last week when things yeah. go back to normal I think I think with like going back to daycare, seeing her friends, all that, it'll be like, okay. I don't worry about mommy when I see mommy. And then when she sees me, I think it'll be, you know, all of those emotions. But I think like kids have a short attention span anyway. So she may miss me for three seconds going into daycare, but after that, it's like a ball. And then she's like, yeah. <laughs> <Gone>. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm driving to work, listening to like sad oh. R&B love songs or something. <laughs> about my baby girl right right, right. Let it go at your desk like <laughs> what am I supposed to do pretty much so whenever whenever things do go back to normal I think it'll be a little bit tougher for me than her but um but I I am you know taking the good with the bad trying to appreciate this time for what it is um I don't know like I think balance is really just like the phrase for or the word for this entire you know, session that we're spending together mm-hmm. is um, motherhood is balance. It's, it's balancing your energies, it's balancing um, you as the human, you as the parent in a quarantine environment is balancing your, um, your work life and who you are as, as a parent and that dedication you have to give to your children throughout the day. Just life in general is a balancing act. Like you can never be too far over here or over there. Otherwise you'll you'll sink. Mm-hmm. That was a snippet right there. That was a preview <laughs> when you were <laughs> oh my snippet that we're using that we're clipping out right there. But wow, yeah, balance. Um wow. I definitely appreciate you for like one, just agreeing to to do this interview. I know everything was like a turnaround time. It was like Alita, can you please, like, listen, we want to have you on the show. Like, how do you feel? And it was just like, okay. And then, like, just bidding everything together. And so, like, I personally just want to say thank you. You know, like, you're one of my favorite people in this world. Like, I'm obsessed with oh, you. I love you. Um, and Gia and, like, everything 
Um, and so thank you for like being a part of our show. We have the first guest ever on Unavailable um, for the season, for like the show in general. Forever. And I were, right. <laughs> <laughs> Monumental. Yeah. Nigel and I were so excited and just so excited to hear you talk about motherhood. You know, when we said we wanted to do an episode on motherhood, like you were the first name that like came um, to our and it was just like we have to make this happen and I'm so grateful that you said yes and so grateful that you agreed to be on this show because you dropped Jen and honestly if this is the last episode we ever record like we can take snippets from like this and just keep dragging it out right <laughs> just we hear this episode already mm, yes but you need to listen again to <laughs> revisit it no I, I think you guys do such an amazing job of just like keeping it real and being so relatable to people so I mean I know I know you're saying it in just like if this is the last episode we do but I just know that this is going to just continue to go and grow and you guys are gonna evolve and I think this is an amazing platform for you guys to reach so many people yeah I'm really proud of you guys I mean I know y'all are younger than me but I really look up to you guys like if I had the kind of just brazen boldness and 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 self-confidence that you guys had when I was in my 20s like I think my 20s would have been a little different so I really do appreciate y'all just like being your authentic selves and just living out loud I think that's really cool yeah thank you so much I love y'all I love y'all I mean I was excited to do this I was really excited to do this yeah this is and you were like I'm nervous but then like I cannot tell like Everything is awesome, perfect. I'm nervous. Y'all see I'm sweating my roots out. (laughs) Curled up. Oh my God. Where's my lactation? (laughs) Yo, that's I need my hair done. I need to go do like a deep cleaning conditioning. Like right. I gotta figure this out, man. I mean, I'm not with Kemp opening stuff up, but (laughs) nigga would like a retwist. Personal, yeah. I rode past the beauty supply store like, is it open? <laughs> like, <laughs> gotta get my oils because I'm- How many y'all in there? <laughs> right, it's tempting. It's like, can I call y'all, y'all? I cash app and then you drop it off? Man, I got it. questions. I got to figure this out. I So when quarantine ends, like, what is the first thing you're about to do? Like, who are you about to go see? What are you about to go do? Are we brunching mimosa? Like, what's up? Like, what's the first thing that you have oh, to do wow. when quarantine ends? Oh, wow. I should have thought this through. Okay. When we get out, when we could go play outside again. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. I'm thinking, I'm thinking like a big kind of kickback at somebody's house. And it just has to be lots of vices in the area. Like, I just need like all the all the illegal substances, all the liquor, all the everything. Like, I just, I just want to have a good time. Good music, good people that I love, laughing. Um, I've realized in this quarantine just how important friendships are. Um, I love my friends. Like, I think I have an amazing, amazing group of friends, and I miss them. And I think um, texting and FaceTiming, talking on the phone is awesome, but, like, you miss being able to really see your friend laughing at a joke that you just told or just, you know, just the the camaraderie that comes along with mm-hmm. being in the same space with people, feeling their energy, they feeling yours. I just want to be around my friends. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the first thing I'm going to do. Like, who house we, who house we at? I'll bring the bottle. Like, I'm ready. Let's go. 
Yeah, who's fucking up? That's real. I can definitely say the same. Like, I miss my niggas. Like, at the end of the day, I miss my niggas. That's it. So, again, Lita, thank you so much. Um, anybody listening, we hope that you took a little nugget from this episode um, about motherhood, whether you're a mother, you're looking to be a mother or a father, looking to be a father, or just a human trying to understand um, aspects outside of your own and perspectives outside of your own. Um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for talking to us, for answering our questions, for meeting us with transparency and vulnerability and light and love. We appreciate it so, 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 so much. Don't forget about the little victory. We haven't done that yet. Oh, I'm wrapping up the episode. The episode not over yet. Okay, we have one more thing before we say goodbye. Thank you, Nyjah. Um, who wants to start? Nyjah, go ahead. Start. Tell us. I'll start. So my little victory for the week was my birthday. Um, I was really upset about. Oh, I wasn't upset. I guess good for me because I know people that have planned to go out of the country, but this was my birthday. I planned to not do much and save up for my 27th. So I wanted to lay low for this birthday, but not this low. So like, thankfully, because I'm a person that does a lot for their birthday. So it was like, oh, well, I guess it's kind of okay that everything got canceled. But then I still was like, oh my God, I don't want to spend my birthday like in my room. Like what the hell? And I like to be by water. So I was thankful that I was able to go to my parents' house and like, they made the day so special for me. Like it was, it was awesome. It was like six people, but it was still just as fun and like loving. And it was honestly probably one of the best birthdays ever. I would have never spent a birthday at my parents' house. I mean, I love them, but that's not what you spend your birthday. And I was just like, Oh my God, we have to do this again when more people can like come and just drink and like smoke and like swim, like and grill. Like that's, this is the perfect place for that. So my little victory was having still a good birthday and safe birthday despite the quarantine. I love that. I'm happy you had a good birthday. I'm like literally thinking about what I'm about to do for my 25th. And I'm just like, <laughs> stare out the window, do a cartwheel. Like, who really knows? Yeah. So I I'm knew like, I didn't want to have a Zoom party. No Tino Shady people want to do that, but I wasn't feeling that shit at all. I was like, <laughs> yeah. And I love that you were off social media. I think last year I was off social media and then you were too for that whole day because it's just like, I'll get to y'all niggas when I get to y'all niggas. But it felt so good. And people were even still messaging me like, oh my God, we need to take more pictures together because I had like nothing to post of you. I was like, you just sent me a four page letter of how you feel about me. You think I give a fuck about an Instagram post? Who gives a damn? Like, yes, we'll hang out to take more pictures, but your sentimental message that you sent me means more than what we posted for other people to see. Hence why I'm not on there. And so people were recording me and like, I just had so much fun not being connected, but I still like, you know, got everyone to give me the recording so I can like make a vlog and like make a little video and highlight it on my story and then move forward. But like having your birthday and being like unattached, it's like, it was so fun. I think I'm just going to do that every year now. I mean, you honestly should. When people are like, I remember one birthday, somebody, I was like upset with somebody. It was a family member because they didn't tell me happy birthday. And they're like, Tia, I made a whole post for you on Facebook. And I was like, what the hell does Facebook mean to me? You have my number, dog. Like, you have my number. Text me, call me, personalize it, please. I don't care about 10 pictures you put on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Hit my line. <laughs> and when I realize the people I spend the most time with are the people that I have the least amount of, like, footage with because we're enjoying one another. So, like, <laughs> I don't even have nothing to post. Like, when I was, like, because I, I stopped doing, like, Instagram posts. I was like, well, let me shout out Nigel because unavailable and like just traffic, right? And I was going through my phone and I was like, I have no pictures. 
And we're always like, we're together pretty often, which is so funny because we don't have to get together and be like, geez, like post. Like we don't have to do that every single time. Right. I was like, I have nothing. I have videos from like 2014, 2015. <laughs> Great little victory. I'm glad you had a, a loving, intentional birthday. And I'm glad it was everything that you needed to be. Miss um, Alita Edwards, do you want to go ahead and give us your little victory for the week? My little victory for the week is... I took some days off work. I emailed my boss and I was like, look, I attaches my leave form. I'm not gonna be in on this day and this day. I need time for mental health days. So um, I think it, my victory is just recognizing what I needed and what I needed was a break. I mean, I know we're all just sitting in the house, but I needed to be able to just be and exist in my house and not have to worry about meetings and work and conference calls. Um, so I'm just, I, today is just like a freeing day. You know, I'm just doing what I want to do. I'm moving how I want to move and it, it feels good. I feel like I have more freedom today and I'm proud of myself for taking that time out for myself mm-hmm. um, because it was needed. So that's my victory. That's good. Yay, hello, victory. Self-awareness and all, recognizing what we need. Yeah. Um, my little victory kind of kind of goes into that. Um, so it's about me getting back into my workout regimen um, because my diet and my dieting has been like really strict or well, not in a diet, but like my eating habits have been really strict um, from like February through April. One, because I was committing to a lifestyle change, but two, because of Lent. And so a lot of stuff I had cut out my diet, but when Lent ended, I was like, everything I want to eat, I'm going to eat it. And so I had cut out sweets. And so not eating chocolate, like, killed me. Uh, I cut out fast food um, and a couple of other things. And so, and hard liquor. So when Lent was up, I was like, baby, (laughs) I'm going to eat all this stuff. Yeah, like, I'm going to eat all this stuff. And so I did. Um, limited like still keeping on like still eating really really healthy um but still like indulging every now and then mm-hmm. um and then I got to a point where I was like okay T like you gotta get yourself together and I almost started beating myself up about it until I realized like we all deserve breaks whether it's like a day or a week or a month or anything like that like we all deserve breaks and it's okay for us to like get off track a little bit as long as you realize like it's like you have that space you have that grace with yourself um, and then as long as you get back on track, I recognize you need for you to get back on track. And so now I'm back on track. I started my workouts and everything up again. And I'm really proud about that. But I think the, the greatest little victory was like realizing like, Tia, you don't have to beat yourself up. Like, it's okay. You deserve a break. You've been doing really, really well. Even if it's for a month, like you deserve that much. So giving myself some grace um, is definitely my little victory for the week. Yeah, I like that. Congrats to all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it. We did it. Yeah. You want me to get Gia? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on one second. Can you say hey to mommy's friends? Hey. All right, come over here. Say hey. Hey. Hey, Gia. Hey, how are you doing? How you doing? So good. How are you? Say thank you. Thank you. For listening. Yes, you do. To Unavailable. Unavailable. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. We love you all so much. Y'all have a good day. See you later.